We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Kobe Amanaka, your political trainee, and I'm joined as always by our political specialists in Diane and Tatton. Guys, how are you doing? And say hello to the listeners. Hello. Hello, it's Coach Tatton here. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of being Coach Tatton. Oh, I love that. Why do you like the idea of being Coach Tatton? Well, you know, I've got, I'm currently wearing a, a, a tracksuit with a TS, little initials on the corner of it, and uh, I'll be getting you to do <laughs> political squats. Any minute now. <laughs> so you're, you're training up everyone who's listening. You're training up all the people who want to know about politics, but in a simple way, you're bringing them up to speed to championship level, hopefully. <laughs> to, to League One, at least. <laughs> to League Level One. That's good. Well, that's good. You've got to have your goals, haven't you? Okay, well, guys, last week was a bit of a pressure cooker. We were waiting for Sue Gray's report and it came through finally. I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a bit of detail, but how are you feeling just generally? Is, you, have you felt the, the benefit of the pressure release at all? There is. I mean, there's no pressure release. We're just kind of stumbling through. We've got this tiny kind of morsel of soup. We're starving. We're hungry people. We're sat at the table. We're being told dinner's going to be ready in like two days' time. And then finally, we're told we're going to get an update on dinner rather than actual hot pot, which is what we're after. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amuse-bouche. Yeah. It was put really well this week, but people said, you know, we, we got the Sue Gray report, but we're still waiting for the Sue Gray report in that we've had a, a an update, but not the full version. So, yeah, very much a bit of a, bit of a tease, really. A teaser report. Well, with that, let's head to the first section, the popularity contest. Uh, this is a segment where we look through last week's most popular posts, and we've talked about the Sue Gray report. I'm sure we'll go into that in a bit more detail, as I say. But Tatton, what was number three in the popularity contest this week? Well, in the three, it was the report. Yeah. Um, it was uh, <laughs> it was the update on the report, and it was nothing that Boris Johnson said. It was, in fact, a Keir Starmer saying that uh, he was a man without shame, and um, that resonated with some of our our readers, the comments generally agreed uh, that Boris Johnson isn't a man with much shame. And it kind of represented the whole debate. The whole debate was uh, it's really difficult mm. for Boris Johnson to get his way through. He tried to be, he said, I, I get it and I'll sort it. And people, people seem quite cynical about the idea that he gets it and he'll sort it. Because if he got it and he'd sort it, he would have sorted it two years ago rather than when he's been caught. So this is this is an empty platitude, is what some people are saying. Yeah, some people were suggesting that he's a man without shame and it's all empty platitudes and he should go. And Ian Blackford called him a liar. And you're not allowed to do that in Parliament. You can say you, you mistakenly misled the House, but you're not allowed to call him a liar. And he insisted on it, and the Speaker was like, oh, don't make me throw you out. And he's like, he's a liar. And he was like, oh, I'm going to have to throw you out. And he, I mean, Ian Blackford was desperate to get thrown out. Ian Blackford decided mm. before he went in he was going to get thrown out. <laughs> and he was, he was there shaking hands with people, as uh, you know, high-fiving people on the way out. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. the speaker, the speaker was really trying to not throw him out. <laughs> He's like, don't, don't, don't do this. And Ian Blackford was like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. 
Um, and then he would have been docked today's wages as well uh, if he'd thrown out the comments. Yeah, so that was that was in at three. So, I mean, this is this a apt time to talk about um, what's happened in, in, well, this morning and yesterday in, in terms of Boris Johnson's aides resigning, mainly because of comments, well, they say mainly, but it seems like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was comments related to Keir Starmer not prosecuting Jimmy Savile when he had the chance. I mean, this whole thing is a, is a, is a total mess. His key advice, his policy person who's been with him for years and years and years and years resigned because he had made these comments that are largely seen as being completely unreasonable. Mm. And even Rishi Sunak said that he wouldn't have said it. Um, although Rishi <laughs> Sunak is clearly in full, let me be PM, please let me be PM, I want to be PM mode. And yeah, I mean, it's clearly not a nice thing to say, she's left. And then we got three resignations from people we knew were going to go. The guy that sent the email inviting everyone to bring your own booze party the guy who we knew was at another party like these people and there are suggestions that the firing stroke resigning from those three was brought forward and sped up to make it look like the original resignation was also part of the pushing out the door plan yeah yeah that's definitely the 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 kind of line that they're going with that it's this is all part of the process that when when Sue Gray's update came out, the PM said there's definitely going to be some changes at number 10, some kind of, um, in response to this allegations of this culture of drinking, he was going to sort it out and have a have a bit of a, a hollowing out, basically, of the team. So that's what they've, they've tried to badge it up as. But actually, we have the, the you know, it's it's out there online, the resignation letter um, from the, the policy advisor, and that does make for quite interesting reading. Because um, she sets out her reasons pretty clearly. Okay, in at two this week in the popularity contest, Diane. Yeah, so in at two, we put a post out at 11 p.m. We never do that. We're always in bed. <laughs> um, but um, it, it actually got people's attention because 11 o'clock on the 31st of Jan, two years ago, we left the European Union. So in a way, this was an anniversary post that some people were quite sad about um still reflecting on there will be some people it was interesting that day the government put out a a bit of a paper on what they claim were brexit successes um some of which what they that, claim are brexit successes <laughs> you know, well for example the, the vaccine the covid vaccine is 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 one of them um but then there's another school of thought that says you know that would have happened anyway regardless um so yeah, yeah. Just playing devil's advocate on the two sides of that. I think I think that when it comes down to Brexit and like looking at successes or failures, I mean, obviously the country's mm. very very split. We know that about leave and remain. Like mm. it's really the two years since we left, and there's been another quite big story around for the last two years. Yes, right. That's yeah. that's changed everything. That makes it really hard to look at Brexit and say, well, that was a complete victory well done us we are championing championing britain around the world um or gosh what a failure i wish we were still hanging out in brussels more so i think the next two years i think will show us much more about brexit i think we're going to talk about northern ireland quite a bit later and um obviously that's not going very smoothly 
Mm-hmm. But then Northern Ireland hasn't gone very smoothly when we're inside the EU as well. So there's there are some general issues around Northern Ireland. But the next two years will show us much more about Brexit than the last two years. Well, let's let's hope so. And I mean, it's been two years since. So you would have thought they'd have more time to get the ducks in a row. So, well, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Um, number one, Tatton. Number one is the only story around, really. But yeah, we've got like reports and things and Brexit and whatever. But <laughs> let's talk about cake. Yes. Specifically... The world's number one premium. I mean, like it's the only cake cake you'd ever buy, which is Colin the Caterpillar from Marks and Spence, except no imitation. Aldi had a cake called Cuthbert, which was exactly the same. Like all <laughs> kinds of supermarkets have some kind of insect cake that's quite similar. Do you, can you think of any names of any of them? Clyde, Cedric, I'm sure there's a Clyde. <laughs> Cedric, Clyde, yes, 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 yes. This is it. Um, and anyone, I mean, anyone that's 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 doomed to try a Cedric knows it's not the same, right? It's not the same cake. It's sure it's dressed the same, but like, never. You can never recapture. You know, it's like it's like you had that one relationship when you're 17, and every everyone else you're ever with, you're just trying to recreate. <laughs> Uh, that initial kiss that meant so much. You can't get it back. But the thing is, Cuthbert's exactly the same. Like, exactly the same. Just not quite as good. And uh, they've now settled, and now everyone's going to have all the cake they want, and no one knows. I mean, they've, they've paid them off, haven't they? m have got a load of money for it. But they won't say what. Everyone just says they're very happy. And I just... I can't really read past the word cake. I'm just there eating cake in my head. One of our readers suggested, because Cuthbert hasn't come back on the shelves yet, it's going to be back in spring. And someone has said, which would be genius, and I think they should do this if they haven't, that Cuthbert will come back as a butterfly. Yes, (laughs) yes, I like that. And that's the deal. (laughs) Yes, well, that's how it should be. That's how it should be. All right, on that, let's head to the Thursday debate. Every week on Thursday, Simple Politics, at Simple Politics on Instagram, set you readers a debate topic. And this week it was, to what extent are we still a united kingdom? <sighs> Guys, again, with a, with a tough debate. Um, Tatton, why? <laughs> well, I mean, it was. it's all been about together as a country this last week because we heard all the stuff in Northern Ireland again. More on that later. Mm-hmm. I keep teasing with Northern Ireland. It's you a do. very exciting bit that's coming up. Um, <laughs> but we've also had Michael Gove talking about levelling up and um, it's kind of a little bit of competition within the UK, like which areas deserve what and how we're going to get this and um, is anyone ever going to govern Northern Ireland ever again? And like all this stuff. Uh, are we... Are we one country? I'll tell you what's inter- something that's interesting before we go to Diane, because she's actually got interesting things to say. Six Nations rugby starts this weekend. Mm. And Six Nations, the uh, rugby, Ireland plays as one united Ireland yeah. to show harmony within that island. And yet our island, we play Wales, Scotland and England and we all hate each other <laughs> with a passion. So somehow rugby unites Ireland, but it divides Great Britain. And I find that very sad. And I'm also sad that we're going to lose against Scotland. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see, surely, this week. <laughs> Is that an inevitability? We've got, yes. I mean, there's a few, I mean, on a sports tip, with a few of the England players are out. Courtney Laws, for example. So it does feel, it, does, it is a weakened team. Also, we're always rubbish. So 
I said, well, I was like, yeah, we got to the final of the world. Anyway, <laughs> Diane, this is not simple rugby. No, no. <laughs> Diane, Thursday debate. Yeah, let's hear from the readers. I think that's the, that's important. Okay, so um, <laughs> lots of comments on this. So I'll go for the first one. Matt Hyde, 90, said, we're united by title only. Given the opportunity, I don't think we'd be together anymore, which is a shame, but equally not a surprise. Okay. Um, and another one, just to, to go down a few few comments. Um, Nanook 20 said that actually it was, it was the pandemic that highlighted not how unified we were and not that everybody came together to the pandemic, but actually it was the first time they'd seen the devolved parliaments in action setting their own rules. Um, and we didn't do things as a whole United Kingdom at that point very much Nicola Sturgeon really came to the fore with her own daily briefings, you know, and so people have said that actually, rather than bring us together, that was a time where we said, you know, it's really highlighted how how different the, the nations and regions are. And they like to really highlight that as well. I think <laughs> one thing Diane, you and me used to laugh at was Nicola Sturgeon would always use different language to Boris Johnson. So we had oh, tears yeah. in England and levels in Scotland. Mm. Uh, when Boris Johnson said there was going to be a wave of Omicron hitting us, the next day Nicola Sturgeon talked about the tsunami <laughs> of Omicron that was coming. Like it's this really deliberate use of just slightly different words that mean the same. I mean, tsunami is a wave. I mean, it's a kind of wave. It's a very specific wave, but it's a wave. So it's um, almost like she's gone online, simple thesaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> other I mean, words she hit for me wave. Up. She, hit, she hit up uh, RDMs. <laughs> what else? What else can I say? But I think that it just, she did, she, she clearly, I mean, it, it, it's the SNP. Mm-hmm. She wants Scotland to be a separate nation. So she can highlight those differences. She will. And I think that having the SNP in Scotland and Labour in Wales and obviously Conservatives in England mm-hmm. and, oh my goodness, whoever's running Northern Ireland in Northern Ireland. Still teasing Northern Ireland again. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so good, that bit. That bit's going to be so good. Um, the, the, the divisions were made clearer by the different ideologies behind mm-hmm. the leaders. And actually that's something that um, an Eurodivergent guy um, said uh, on Instagram, said, we're not the United Kingdom. This country is not united in any sense because both the Welsh and the Scottish have not voted in a Conservative government for at least 50 years, mm. but are still governed by it, except for devolution. They don't like it. I liked some of the comments where people were trying to say we are united in some way, shape or form. At Pitch This Book's tricky one. We all appreciate a good brew? Question mark. Based on that, I was trying to think of things that we can all agree on. Caterpillar cakes. Yeah, caterpillar cakes. But the, that tea one that you've, you've picked, Kobe, is brilliant because it's like, yes, we all do love a good cup of tea. Isn't that great? But then they've gone on to say, <laughs> just don't talk about strength or if it's bag or loose leaf or how many sugars you take or whether you're on whole milk or oat milk <laughs> because they're all the different bits, you know? <laughs> I think you have to, what we're united against is the fact that in the UK, people like a cup of tea. No matter what it's Lapsang Sushong or, you know, builder's tea <laughs> yeah. versus America who don't know how to make a tea and will make tea in a microwave. And everyone, everyone who's listened to this now, whether you're in Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland, England, the thought of making tea in a microwave has already made your insides churn. Um, so I think that's one thing we're certainly united on here. Sunsets. <laughs> we all love a sunset, right? <laughs> 
We love a sunset. You guys live by the coast. You get glory having a, sunsets. Having a good moan. <laughs> we yeah. love a good moan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, attacking, attacking <laughs> SP when we've made a typo. <laughs> the whole country. I mean, that's that's a universal, universal pastime. Who who spelled February? Who spelled February incorrectly this week? Me. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> but I I did an equally a, a, a good one the week before, so it's all good. <laughs> I I for a stick in a football club, I spelt it. You know, fillet stick. Which, uh, the, the food way, the food mm. way. <laughs> I just, I just, like sticking to the rules of punctuation and grammar. Grandma, grandma, sticking to grandma's <laughs> rules is uh, for squares. That's what it is. It's is for it? the squares. Well, maybe this is source debate for next week. We'll see. Thursday debate. <laughs> we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Let's head on to Bills, Bills, Bills. But before we go there, I just want to talk a bit about the other things you guys offer at um, a Simple Politics. Uh, the book, for example, can you talk a bit about that? Uh, well, the book is um, <clears throat> it's called The Breakdown, Making Sense of Politics in a Messed Up World. I just had to look over the cover then in case I got my, my own book title wrong. <laughs> the idea is, is that we've, we are in the breakdown. Social media has created so many different... Um, echo chambers that we can't listen to each other we can't possibly begin to understand other people because we just think they're wrong and because they're wrong they're monstrous so it looks at ideologies what the the, the way people think and then it goes through and looks at specific topics from the perspective of different ideologies like how we should fund the NHS, like what kind of immigration policy we should have. And it looks at why people you disagree with think what they do. And the answer is not because they're evil or because they're stupid or because they don't get it. It's because they just think in a different way. We're all different. Our minds work in different ways. And you have to have the presumption of good about people. You've got to you've got to be innocent to feel guilty. And often when I talk about this, we get comments. It comes as well. I don't want to be tolerant of a fascist. Okay, right. But almost everybody isn't a fascist, right? If you start with this with this perspective that everyone's a fascist unless you prove you're not, then we're all you know we're all in a lot of trouble. So the book is out now in paperback. It was in hardback before. It's paperback. If you order at spstuff.co.uk, I will sign it and send it out to you myself. It is more expensive to buy it from me than it is from Amazon, but they're evil and I'm not. Well, I'm only a bit. And also you get the signed version. Which and you is get important. the signed version. You get actually my name written in Sharpie in the front. It's, it's very exciting. I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author, and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the Stripped Media family. 
We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. Well, let's head on to Build, Build, Builds. So in this section, we go through a bill that's coming up through Parliament. Uh, what's going on this week, Tatton? Uh, it's Northern Ireland. Woo-hoo! We've got some Northern Ireland bits. I'm going to very quickly talk about the bill that's in front of Parliament next week. And then I'm going to hand over to Diane, because Diane really knows her Northern Ireland stuff. Diane was in Northern Ireland, <laughs> soaking up the streets and the flavours of Northern Ireland <laughs> just last week. So there's nothing she doesn't know. So this bill has been going through Parliament for a little bit of time um, and it's now back in the Commons after the Lords made one little change. And the idea is to help Northern Ireland get through the kind of constitutional crises that they have quite frequently. All right. So the other day, the leader of the uh, Northern Irish Assembly stepped down and he was DUP, which meant that automatically the deputy leader, who's Sinn Féin, also has to step down and... Then the executive, like the government, like the people at the top, can't meet together, but they kind of keep their jobs. It's it's a mess. And I mean, power sharing with people you don't like is really hard. Yeah. Like, it's just, you, you want to power share with someone you can kind of buddy along with. It's like, you know, I find doing this podcast really difficult because I have to talk to Diane all the time. <laughs> and I would always rather... He's kidding, guys. Yeah. He's kidding. <laughs> I can take it. Yeah, I, I'm kidding. Let's go with, let's go with let's kidding. Let's, with let's that. say that. But the bill, the bill basically allows more functionality every mm. time Northern Ireland needs some time to sort some stuff out. Diane, was that any in any way accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, we are moving into a bit of a grey area, I think it's fair to say, because you're right, this bill, it, this legislation is, is going to be a safety net, basically, um, for Northern Ireland for a little bit. Um, and it all came about because this isn't the first time, yeah, Paul Given resigned this week, but it, yeah, it's not the first time we've been here. And the last time it took about three years, it was about three years of deadlock between 2017 and 2020, where, you know, Parsha had collapsed over an energy scheme, which we'll not go into. But it took such a long time to get things back up and running and get it restored that, you know, things were paralysed and key decisions. And it was it's actually the people in Northern Ireland who suffer when this happens. And that's the key thing to remember. Whatever the political posture in, these are decisions that could make people's lives better that aren't being made because there's actually no proper assembly running. So what this bill will do is kind of keep things running in terms of departments and admin and things like that happening for for you know six weeks as a minimum but it can be extended and extended again until they get some sort of stability and, and things in order but we are due to Hopefully have it can be extended for the duration needed right in case it does yes. run yeah, three years absolutely. again yeah and we are due to have assembly elections on the 5th of may anyway so again you know whether those stay as they are or get brought forward but the reason it's so frustrating the things that are in the pipeline for the assembly to talk about 
you know, in the coming weeks where one, the budget, the budget for the next couple of years is not just sort of sat stagnant, but also the remaining COVID restrictions in Northern Ireland that need to be lifted. You know, what happens with those now? They're mm-hmm. sort of still dangling. There's so much that, you know, the impact, it, it is a mess. It is definitely a mess. And um, it's kind of staggering that... <laughs> it's not front you know it's not front and center of people's thinking in the rest of the uk but it is huge it is mm-hmm. i mean these the the succession planning sometimes astounds me um in in government when when Boris johnson was taken down by early waves of covid for example and the simple question was uh what would happen if boris johnson was not able to continue for a lighter way of saying it and everyone's like uh, i don't know um, so it shows that this this kind of thing is prevalent in a lot of areas in in the United Kingdom, which is which is terrible, really. I mean, yeah, like a lot a lot of political systems don't have don't have that kind of thing. It's just Northern Ireland with all its history mm. and it's all its you know the, the the Republicans and the Unionists have such. I was, I was talking about the book, the breakdown a moment ago, and listening and understanding, but they just have. You cannot have both the things they want. It can't. Yeah. It can't happen, and it just makes everything harder. Well, to give it an analogy, the, the way that partial and has worked in Northern Ireland, it's almost like if you think back to your school sports day in the three-legged race. Okay, the the the, the DUP <laughs> have been tied to Sinn Fein because otherwise they're not going to yeah. work together. They're not. They're not. You know, they're not going to cooperate to to get any of reach any of their goals or do any of the things they need to do but also with that if one of them falls over so does the other one and that's what's happened this week yeah i love that analogy that's excellent it's excellent and random which takes us to random choice oh you're so smooth kobe you're so smooth (laughs) so random choice we can go anywhere in this section any topic that feels particularly relevant diane well, we'll just we'll have a little brief whistle stop tour of leveling up because that was that was out there this week. Michael Gove is is the leveling up guy. Um, you might remember from the <laughs> the elections in in twenty nineteen. Um, this was everywhere. It was a massive slogan, leveling up. No one was quite sure what it meant, and I think that's what the white paper this week sort of tried to set out a little bit. Sort of what. What did that promise mean? What did levelling up actually mean? Because it was definitely a slogan um, for the Conservatives and, and, you know, part of how they got their majority, I guess. The paper itself, the, the levelling up paper, is, is it's just a wonderful document. I mean, it talks about better transport, like the whole country having transport as good as London does, and better broadband, the whole country kind of zipping about online so that, uh, you know, we can all download films better. Does anyone download films? I don't know. Stream. More skills, training, and just, and more hugs for everyone, <laughs> and less rain. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful, there is nothing in the summary, at least, that anyone could disagree with, right? Yeah. Everyone wants all these things, except, well, I'll come back to that in a second, but there's no money. There's no new money for it. So it's about planning and what we're actually going to do because we can set out to say we're going to do a great podcast this week and then instead we do this same old dirge that nobody likes and nobody listens to. We need to find a way to do the thing 
that we say we're going to do. And it's difficult leveling up because the southeast, you know, here I am in Kent and um I'm in, a particular, I'm in a reasonably well-off area of Kent, but just down the road, there's Thanet. And Thanet has some serious issues, some seriously deprived communities. I used to teach in, in, in a, like, you know, it was a mining, a mining area in Thanet, and obviously the mines have closed. And then there's a tourist area, and then everyone started going abroad for their holiday. When EasyJet popped up, no one goes to... I mean, more bus staycations, more people are going to Margate now, but a lot, a lot of unemployment. And we're nowhere on the levelling up platform because they can't say we're going to level up in the southeast because we're all so rich in the southeast. So it, it's working out which areas need that levelling up is very, very difficult. And it's hard to do on like a granular level. It's easy to look at a county and go, well, they need more money. But to look at, like I say, Kent, you go Tunbridge Wells don't need any more money. Ramsgate could do with a bit of cash. So it's very hard to do. It's very hard to work out. But, I, I, you know, I think it's good that the government is saying, laying out the things it wants to do. I think it's a, we've gone far too long without a clear statement of intent from a government to say, this is our aim. We're not quite sure about money yet. We don't know about this, we don't know about that. But this is what we want to do. And I, I, I like that. Well, I think that the hugs, the free hugs, more hugs, that's, that's a free one. Uh, yep. So if we can do more hooks, um, yep. we can do more of the things that are low cost and do add value. Was that number 13 in the list that was almost struck Must off? Have but, been. Yeah, Must let's have do been. more hooks. <laughs> a lot more of hooks. people, a lot of people's copies of the report didn't get that page. Didn't know. Yeah. No. But um, I, I got the extended bonus big fan edition. <laughs> Last section this week is the crystal ball. What will be the big stories coming up this week? Diane? Well, it's got to be more from Downing Street, really. You know, as, as you know, at time of recording, we talked a bit earlier about some of the resignations. Will there be more this week? I'm not sure. But there could be more movement there, for sure. Five in one in one in space of 24 hours is devastating. But yeah, I guess the question is, is it the tip of the iceberg? Mm. Um, will that see a major unsettling from, from the side of the, of the PM? I mean, it's because we had three MPs in a day hand, tell everyone they're handing in their letter of no yeah. confidence. And let's not forget, not everyone who hands in the letter of no confidence does tell everyone they've done it. Absolutely. So we've got Downing Street staffers resigning, stroke being fired. And we've got MPs handing in letters. But we just don't know what the overall numbers are going to be. No. Next week, we're going to see 20 MPs and then a vote of no confidence. Next week, we're going to see the whole of Downing Street handing in their resignation and kind of walking out en masse. Or is this kind of it? Or have yeah. we kind of steadied the ship for now? And we're going to be sailing through it. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. What's, uh, what's in your crystal ball agenda? for next week, Tatton. COVID. Okay, good. And that was Simple Policy Podcast, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, Tatton. <laughs> well, it's just, it's, it's, it's just about further loosening now. I mean, we've um, we've still got a lot of cases a day, but one in 33 NHS staff were off isolating mm. the other day. Um, I saw, the, according to the ONS, one in 33. And Boris Johnson wants to stop us isolating. He thinks that this is mild enough that if you get it, you know, be a bit poor. If you're poorly, stay off. Because yeah. that's, you know, like, like you do whenever you're poorly. Mm. And if you're not, let's get out there. Let's keep that. Let's get going. He said he wants to do it sooner than 
March 23rd, which is when it's due to be reviewed. And next week is the last week before a little week off over half term. So if he's going to get it announced before half term, it'll be next week. Okay. Well, let's look forward to seeing what happens there and seeing, most importantly, what the Simple Politics readers and followers on the Instagram account talk about and say about it, because I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure you guys will put a post on it related to that. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Diane, Tatson, can you say goodbye to the listeners? Yeah, bye everyone. Cheerio! And we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. I'm Violet Manners, and welcome to Hidden Heritage, the podcast that brings you inside Great Britain's favourite destinations. From the same team that brought you the number one history podcast, Duchess, Hidden Heritage will uncover the fascinating stories behind the UK's brightest shining hidden gems. You'll hear from top experts in British heritage, including custodians, historians, artisans, experts, and even the craftsmen and restorers who've worked on some of the most celebrated historic buildings. We will share the untold and unique stories that celebrate UK heritage, from landmarks to architecture, artifacts to myths and legends. Hidden Heritage will highlight a side to British history you have never seen before. I'm your host, Violet Manners, and founder of Heritage X, and I invite you all to join us on this exciting journey. This is Hidden Heritage. You can find Hidden Heritage wherever you listen to your podcasts.